0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Amud in Meseches is Dalat Aleph. Hashem, we're going to pick up about six, seven lines from the top of Dalat Amud Aleph, and we're going to have two sections today. The first section we're going to deal with is really giving me a finale of yesterday's discussion about the knowledge, or lack thereof, of chatzos, of David and Moshe Rabenu, And the second section, we'll talk about the character of David, uh, that he calls himself a chassid, we'll discuss his humility, that will be the second discussion. Now, just to remember what we're holding, we had a bit of a question on Gimelamud Bez, which was, David used to wake up at 12 at chatzos in order to serve Hashem, the different ways we explained yesterday on Gimel Amut Be'ez. The problem is, is that seemingly from the Pesukia, Moshe Rabbeinu himself didn't know when Chatzos was, because when he reported Makas Bechoros, he said, Ka Chatzos Halayla, that it would be around Chatzos Halayla, seemingly. The Gemara understood that he didn't know when Chatzos would be. He couldn't pinpoint it. So how could David pinpoint it to wake up then to serve Hashem? So the first explanation we said yesterday was, he didn't. David didn't know, but there was this miraculous harp that used to be facing the northern wind that would occur at 12 at night, and that would wake him, wake him up in order to arise to do his Avodas Hashem. And we just finished off yesterday discussing the rest of the morning. But today the Gemara challenges the premise altogether and says, perhaps really Moshe knew when Chatzos was, and David also was able to determine when Chatzos was. Let's see this inside. Rabbi that's six, six, seven lines from the top of Da'ad Amadal. Rabbi Zeira Amar, Rabbi Zeira says as follows. Moshe Lalam Yada. Really, Moshe Rabbeinu knew when Chatzos was. Vidavid Nami And David also knew when Chatzos was. It says the Gemara. V'kip and the David havayada Kin or But if David really knew when Chatzos was, so then why did he need to utilize this harp? L'chara, he knew when Chatzos was. He should have been able to serve Hashem then altogether. So my answer is Lita Ure No, he needed the harp to wake up. He needed an alarm clock. It's true, he would be able to determine when Chatzos was. But he wouldn't be awakened unless there was an alarm clock. That's why he utilized the harp. Says the Gemara, Yada. so back to the original question then, if Moshe knew when Chatzos was, why did he say around Chatzos? The implication is that he was unsure. So the Gemara gives two taruts and why he was vague in this sense, why he said kachatzos in this terminology. First explanation, the Gemara says, moshe kasav, and Moshe held the following. Shema Paro. Maybe the stargazers of Paro, they will make a mistake in time. Yaimro, and then when they see Makas B'charos hits and on their clocks, eleven fifty nine or twelve o one, they will say They'll say Moshe is a faker. Moshe is false. They'll be able to prove in their minds, at least, that there is some lacking. In the power of Moshe and the power of Hashem, so in order to avoid that, he didn't say ba'chatzo salaila, allowing them room for error. Rather, he said kachatzo salailos. So even if it occurs a minute before or after, it wouldn't weaken the power of Moshe and Hashem in the eyes of these etztagnine paro. So, I meaning he certainly knew when it was, but based on their mistake that would occur, he wanted to say it in a less in a less specific kind of way. And The Gemara says this is actually based on a principle: Amar mar lamad cholomer day. A person should teach his Tongue, to say, I don't know, it means it's a good thing to develop in oneself to say, I don't know. Why? Shem et because if a person is so confident always that he's saying the truth, and he's always saying it in a way that shows that confidence, so maybe sometime he'll say something that's not actually true, and he'll be grabbed in that, means it'll turn out that he'll have been mistaken, and it will cause him to mess up. Okay, so that's the first explanation, the Gemara says, within the understanding that Moshe actually knew when Chatzos was. He just said, in order to illustrate, at least to not allow the any room to deny the power and accuracy of Hashem. Ravashi, Yom Ravashi, says the second explanation within the same answer. Of course he knew when Chatzos was. But actually, Moshe was, when he was talking, he was talking to the Jewish people, and he was talking to them the midnight before. And what he was saying to them was as follows. Moshe was the 13th night leading into the 14th. That's where he was standing. Meaning to say is that it was the 13th midnight the night before. And Moshe was saying to the Jewish people, (laughs) he was saying to them, tomorrow, like this midnight, like now, on yoytze v'seych I'm going to go out amongst the Egyptians and kill them out with makas b'choros. So really, kachatzos isn't to say like or around, but rather what kachatzos is saying, just like now, it's midnight. He's saying also tomorrow midnight, at the 14th midnight, there is going to be makas b'choros in mitzrayim. And therefore, the word kachatzos was actually very specific and is not mistaken at all. Okay, let's move on to the second section now. Puzak tells us in Tehillim, once we're talking about David Hamelach, the Gemara now goes on a bit of a tangent, discussing David Hamelach and his character. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, the pasuk in Tehillim says, ki ani. "David Ha-Melech says, Hashem guard my soul because I am a chosid.' Now it seems to be saying because I'm 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 worthy, I'm I'm uh, pious, I'm, I'm a righteous person, so guard my soul." So the Gemara says, uh, uh, Why David Amelech referred to himself as a chosid means what did he do that made him Confident in himself that he was a chassid. Chadomar's one of these two opinions. Seyekachomer Davilith Nakarish Boch, a devil was saying in front of Hashemri Boinishal, the master of the world, Loichosrani, am I not a chassid? How do I know I'm a chassid? Shekol Malchimizrachumaru, because all the other kings in the east and the west they sleep until three hours into the day, which we mentioned yesterday. means they sleep until the third hour. They sleep two more hours plus into the third hour. The point is, is that they're very comfortable in their own honor and they, they take care of themselves. They sleep well into the day. But David HaMelech says, you know about me, which we mentioned before this Pasuk. I get up at Chatsais to thank you and to praise you. So you see, I'm a chassid, is that I deny my own honor I put away my own honor like the other kings who serve themselves and sleep late into the day, and I serve you by waking up at midnight. So that's one explanation. The other opinion says, devil was saying in front of Hashem, master of the world, am I not pious? Because all the other kings in the world, they sit in groups in their honor, it means they're very comfortable associating with the, the uh, elites. They sit, and people give them respect." And they're constantly engaged in fulfilling their own honor. But says David Amelech, my humility makes it that my hands are dirtied with blood and with the embryos as well as the afterbirth, the embryonic sack. Which Rashi explains each of these is they're items that if a woman would have these meaning if she has a, some sort of a flow of blood or she has some sort of an embryo that passes it's not necessarily one that is a baby that would make her tummy as a yolides, or an afterbirth all of these things were brought to david Amelech, and david Amelech would get his hands dirtied with them meaning he would as if to say, lower himself, in order to engage in these kinds of things, in order to determine, is she tameh or Tahor, so that he could purify a woman to her husband. Meaning he would, like we say, we bring to a Rav, Maris, we show him the colors of the Damnida in certain scenarios in order to determine if she's tameh or not. But the point is, David HaMalch said, even though I'm David Melech Yisra, I'm the king of the Jewish people, and I'm the greatest king in the world, Meaning in the physical world. But the point is, is that David Amel said, I still would engage in these kinds of things because he's illustrating his own humility and his chasidus because I want to make sure a woman is pure to her husband. And not only that, says David. All that I used to do, meaning whenever I would pasquin Rebbe, I would I would also consult with my Rebbe mefiboyches. So David had a Rebbe named mefiboyches, and whatever David paskint, he would consult with mefiboyches. For Oimer Lion, I would say to my Rebbe mefiboyches, Rebbe, yafedanti, did I did I judge properly? Yafechayavti, yafizachisi, did I properly? incriminate or did I properly validate mean make make innocent and this as Rashi learns has to do with the monetary laws or nefashos or uh, capital law, or regarding Tuma and Tahara, did I make it Torah properly and make it tummy properly? And I'm not embarrassed. So David HaMelech was saying, even though I'm the greatest person, David HaMelech, nonetheless, I consult with my Rebbe to determine if I've made the right decisions or not. And as Rashi said, says sometimes actually he would be inaccurate. So you see the humility again, that's why David Amelech was considered chassid. I'm My crow, where do we find a pasuk that supports this humility? Because the pasuk says, I speak in your statutes opposite the kings, and I'm not embarrassed. Now, this can validate. Both things we just said. Means one you could say is that I get involved in the Damnida, etc. Secha, I'm involved in your Tyrus, even though other kings might look at that and say, What are you doing? Why are you lowering yourself to that? But that's eidy secha. That's the right thing to do. I'm not embarrassed in front of the other kings. Negin Malachim. Alternatively, it could be what it's saying. secha, negin malachim velo evash means that I consult with my Rebbe. Others would say, Hi, David why are you consulting with somebody else? Paskin how you feel fit, but no velo evash, because that's the right thing to do. So that's why you see, I'm a chassid. And he says, David shamanav ani. The of the Gemara says about this Rebbe of David, mifi his name wasn't actually Mephiboishes, ele ish boishes His name was really ish boshes. Uh Some learned that ish ba'al on the side I have in the Masara Sashas. So the, why was he called Mefiboyches? Literally, it means his mouth would embarrass. Because exactly as we explained, he would embarrass David in Allah. Meaning, the point is, is that. He was in a. Sometimes he would criticize David. He would say, You're wrong. And David would accept. So he would embarrass David in a certain sense or override David. That's why he's called Mephiboshis. And that shows the humility of David that he was willing to take that. And the Gemara says, Because David had this humility, he merited the Yatzam kill Kilav. He had a son whose name was Kilav. But of Yechonan, as Rabbi Yerchanan explains, like Kilav Shmai, his name wasn't really Kilav; he was, Daniel Shmaya, this son of David's name was Daniel. Why was he called Kilav? Because Kilav is a acronym, Kal, which means to embarrass, Av, the father, a reference to the Rebbe Mefibayshes, is because he would embarrass Mephiboshes in Allah. Means he was he had a certain prowess over Mefibayshes. So David's son Kilav, because of the humility of David to accept what Mephiboshes told him. David had a son named Killav who could also override his own re- father's Rebbe in a certain sense in Halacha. That's why he was called Killav. And regarding this son of David, said in his wisdom, in Mishlei, My son, if your heart is wise, So you also gladden my heart. Meaning, because you're such a Chacham, David ha was saying through this, is that, you're gladdening me because you're overriding the one who was always overriding me. furthermore it says in Mishli a similar idea, <laughs> my son is wise and he gladdens my heart and he settles the one, the, the one who embarrassed me in matters. Meaning to say is that he would override or could override in, in, in his prowess in, in Torah the one who used to override David which was Mephiboshes. Okay, so Gemara says, is fine, beautiful. We've explained why he called himself a chas. The problem is did David, did David really call himself a chassid? Was he so confident in his abilities, in his power? The problem is, to it says a different Pasuk, It says in the Pasuk, Had I not been confident, had I not had faith to see the good of Hashem in the land of the living. So the simple pshat in the Pasuk is is that had I not had such a faith that I would end up in Olam Havah in the land of the living, so I already would have uh, given up. I would have been chased out of the land. That's what Rashi seems to learn, the simple pshat. But Why are there dots on top of the word lule? Lule, when there's dots on top of a word, it diminishes from the pshat. So the way that he's going to interpret it is is that actually lule is I'm not confident. David HaMelech was mis- if he would get Olam Haba, if he would merit in the future. David said in front of Hashem, Master of the world, I know that you're going to pay back the righteous in the future, in the good. That's why there's dots on top to say, I don't know if I'll merit to be amongst them. Says the Gemara, he calls himself chassid, if he's a chassid, certainly he would merit to be amongst them. So how do we validate this contradiction? So the Gemara answers, Shema Yigra Machet it's true he knew he was a chassid but maybe because of some sin he would lose those zechuyos and therefore he was misuppic lo as we're interpreting with the dots on top maybe he wouldn't merit in the future to the olam haba that he thought otherwise he would get because of yegrom achet and the Gemara brings a few sources we find in the Torah a similar idea because Rabbi Yaakov Eidi brought a contradiction one hand the beginning of Vayetzeh when the Psukim talk about Yaakov seeing the dream with the ladder ksev the pasuk says Hashem says I'll be with you and I'm going to guard you as you go to Levin's house and all that you go. That's a great haftacha. He's going to get uh, rewarded. Vixib, in the beginning of Ayishlach, when Yaakov Avinu goes to meet the army of Esav, or Asav his brother, it says, Vayira Yaakov Ma'oid. Yaakov was very fearful. So it seems like he was concerned, but Hashem said he would protect him. So Amar, so the Gemari answer answers a similar idea, Shem Yigromachet, because Yaakov said, even though you're going to protect me, that's a great tzchus, but maybe my sins already would have caused that I lost that protection, and therefore he was concerned, Vayira Yaakov Ma'oid. And similar ideas, like the Brysa teaches. It says in Bishalach regarding this, the Shirah Yam, the Oz Yashir. Pasuk says, Ad-Yavor Hashem, until your nation will pass Hashem, Ad-Yavor Amzukanisa, until this nation that you acquired will pass. Now, there's a double language of going into Eretz Yisrael, passing into Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara Darshan from this, Ad-Yavor Amcha Hashem, the Pasuk in Bishalach is saying. The first Ad-Yavor is Ubi Arishayinu, this refers to crossing into Eretz Yisrael in the days of Yoshua ad the second ad which means that the jewish people go into eretz yisrael a second time zubi ashnia referring to the second crossing into eretz Israel, which was in the days of ezra following the babylonian exile and the persian exile when Yavish allowed them to go back in so, the Gemara says is by putting these together, Mikan Amru the deduced, that really the Jewish people were fitting, that they would have been able to go into Eretz Yisrael in the days of Ezra when he brought them back from Bavil to rebuild Ba'iz Shani, they should have went in with the same greatness, pomp, glory, like when they went in the first time in the days of Yeshua Benun, which Rashi says means, meaning they should have gone in with the same individual power, autonomy. Greatness, like they went in in the days of Yeshua bin Nun. Yet that didn't happen, says the Gemara because sin caused it that they were weaker. They weren't as powerful which Rashi explains because as we know really in the times of Shani when the second base of Mikdash was rebuilt, it was only with permission from the Persian Mede Empire. Korish initially started building it and uh, then after that, it was stopped, but it was restarted, and Aryavish allowed them to go back, and he supported the effort. But as we know, actually, you can't compare their autonomy and power in Bayes Shani to how it was in Bayes Rishon or the mir- miraculous uh, scheme of things in Bayes It wasn't anything like Bayes Rishon. They were much more dependent and, and con- governed by other governments Persian Mead, for example, because of their chatoim, because of their sins. So a similar idea where they should have been able to have a greater level of power and pomp, but because of their sins, they lost that and they went back during Shani in a much more subservient sort of way to the government. Okay, we're stopping here at the two dots, the second to last line of Dalad Alif. Aleph. Ezra Zashem will pick up tomorrow with Amud with Amud uh, Dalad Amod Be'ez, and we'll discuss the Chachamim's opinion in the Mishnah. In the meantime, everybody have a wonderful day.